Welcome to the Go and Grow Show with Bree and C, a podcast to help you grow in all areas of life, but first towards Christ. You are Russian dying, that's why I'm lifting your name. I give you all of the glory forever and ever. Welcome to the Go and Grow Show with Bree and C. How are you doing, Bree? Doing great. New Year. Happy New Year to you. How's 2018? 2018 is going well. Happy New Year to all the listeners. Hope you're having a great uh, New Year so far. Yes. Happy New Year to all the listeners so far. How's your 2018 been? It's going well. And New Year, we also have new music. You might have noticed our intro music is a little different. So shout out to Jess Aaron for letting us use his song Eternity for our intro and outro. Um, We really appreciate it and we love being able to support his music. Um, We're supporting local uh, Christian media here in Central Florida, so that's great. Um, I believe you met Aaron through church, right, C? Yes, I have. He's a a strong, awesome, anointed worshiper of God and he produces his music, writes it, and it's exciting that we have the opportunity to use his music on our podcast. So um, I'm excited also that we will have him later on in 2018. So our listeners are in for a treat. So it's awesome that new beginnings, new year, new excitement. Yes, you can find Aaron on social media and on SoundCloud at just Aaron 777 so if you want to listen to more of his music or reach out to him, definitely follow him online on social media. So I think there's something you wanted to share with us, C? Yes, I did. I've got some exciting news for 2018. I have been selected and appointed to be one of the newest board of directors for Children's Home Society of Florida, Gulf Coast Division. So I'm very, very excited to be a part of that. And what Children's Home Society of Florida is, or also known as CHS, we're a group of people that are working relentlessly together to turn odds into opportunities for children. At CHS, we have early education and care, community partnerships in schools, counseling, transformational changes for in foster care for the kids, and our, one of our newest things is tech success. And if you want to find out more about Children's Home Society and how we're making a difference for the kids of the state of Florida, you can go to www.chsfl.org. And in future podcasts, I'll definitely be talking more about this and some of the endeavors that we'll be going into both locally and statewide. And I'm very, very excited to be a part of this nonprofit organization to help the children in the state of Florida. That's awesome. I know that you know God is going to use you to do some great things with that organization. So I'm looking forward to um, hearing about all the things you do with them. Oh, Bree, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much. And we have an awesome show and for our listeners, the interview that you did. That was awesome. Yes. For this episode, I was able to talk with Mr. Michael Preby, who is an author. Um, one of his devotionals is called The Lovely Grind, which offers spiritual encouragement for work. So if you're if you are suffering from any anxiety about your work, this is definitely the interview you want to listen to. And we talked about not just uh, that, but lots of other things as well. You have to hear him talk about his self-care tips for men. That was something that uh, was really interesting to me because you don't hear men talk about self-care too much. So that was that was pretty um, interesting to hear. And if you would like to um, access our show notes where we um, list links to Mr. Preview's books, you can also find his social media links. Um, you can check out goandgrowshow.com slash ep thirty one to see all of those links along with while you're on our site you can see all the different um pages we have you can look at the christian events on our calendar all the different things we have resources about christian culture um local in central florida and national too so um, while you're on the site just browse around we have a lot on there sounds good and exciting and 
yes, this interview was very insightful. Like you said, the self-care and other things he talked about. I think the listeners will really appreciate the self-guide and tips that he gave in his interview. Yes, we hope you enjoy the interview. Welcome to the Gone Girl Show. This is Bree. Um, today we have a great guest for you today. His name is Mr. Michael Preeby. He is an American fiction and inspirational writer who dabbles in personal essay and political commentary. In addition to maintaining his blog, Awkward Observations, he is currently writing short stories and authoring a book of daily devotions for people suffering discouraging our overly stressful work environments. When he isn't writing, he enjoys camping, cooking, watching movies, and reading. He currently lives in Wisconsin with his wife, Claudia. He sincerely hopes you enjoy his writing. Welcome to the Go and Grow show, Michael. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. No problem. Thanks for joining us. Getting into it, we're going to talk about work stress, work fulfillment, um, all things related to those topics. So according to a recent survey you have on your site um, that was conducted by the American Psychological Institute, perhaps a third of America's workers are suffering from chronic work stress. When do you think work stress becomes a problem for people? And what do you think are the main causes of it? Yeah, I think that work stress is going to be there for everyone um, to some degree, but when it becomes a problem for people is when it begins to get in the way of our ability to enjoy life or when it begins to cloud how we see ourselves or how we see others or how we see our roles in this world. So, for example, if it starts causing us to become overly cynical, overly suspicious of others, or if we start to have a lower degree of self-esteem because of work stress, or if it starts to change our personality, if it makes us uh, more angry, less hopeful, um, less productive at home, you know, it can do all those things. When it starts, in short, getting in the way of our ability to enjoy life or be a productive whole person, both inside and outside of work, that's when I feel it becomes a problem. And we need to then take a serious look at getting back on track to regain some balance in our lives and perhaps uh, changing work environments if it gets to that point. Okay. Yes, I definitely agree. I know work stress, we all deal with work stress where whatever we do, um, hopefully it's not, not too much. So you, you just outline like when it becomes a problem, when it starts to take over our lives and impact our lives. I know balance is very important and there's, certain jobs that can be more definitely more stressful than others um, for example when I first uh, graduated from college I was doing consulting and that job was really took over my life because I had to travel a lot and I feel like I wasn't too prepared for it I wasn't too much aware of how to do work-life balance I'm sure there are people who are consultants that have have learned how to do that and I, I know it's a mix of personality and knowing how to handle it but if you don't know how to deal with it it can be very very stressful yeah and I think it takes time to learn how to deal with it for most people I know that when I uh, first came out of college myself I I studied journalism in college but I did not end up working uh, in a newspaper print journalism career after a couple of years, I got married rather quickly out of college and uh, I needed something that was kind of stable, something that had good insurance. And I found that in education work. So I worked, I took a job at a large technical college in Madison, Wisconsin. And that's a job that I held for over a dozen years. But I know myself too, I was unprepared for how it could take over your life. I thought, okay, I'll go to work uh, from eight to five or whatever, and then I'll come home and work on my novel that I, you know, felt sure I'd finish and it would be a bestseller within a couple of years. You know, and I wasn't prepared for how you could come home and completely be drained emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and physically, and you wouldn't have a lot of reserves left for anything else. And before you know it, um, you know, I had kind of veered down an unhealthy path. I wasn't paying as much attention as I wanted to. Um, to exercising and eating healthy, to the creative stuff I want to do outside of work, um, and to spiritual stuff as well. So 
we can quickly veer off track. The important thing is just then to find a way to recalibrate ourselves before it gets too dire. Definitely, definitely. And another thing I think can cause stress is when we make our jobs idols. Um, we put too much. Um, we can get invested. You, we, it's good to be invested in your job, but we have to remember. Scripture points out that we work for God and not for man. And sometimes we can get caught up in trying to please people or letting our projects stress us out, that we kind of divide our lives in ways where we have our, our spirituality on one side and the rest of our lives on another. Sometimes we don't involve God in our work. And I think that can stress us out as well. We can't turn things over to him if we aren't submitting things to him. So I think that can definitely... Um, stress us out as well oh surely yeah when we um i i think you're saying compartmentalize our lives to to where um there's like an environment where god's with us and an environment where he's not and um that's certainly a problem i think for a lot of people is you know they feel very spiritual and very close to god you know, on Sunday or when they're out in nature with their family, enjoying a vacation, then you get back to work on Monday and you get used to this kind of idea of checking God at the door and um, you start to feel a distance from him when you need him the most, really, because that's when things can get really stressful. Um, so, yes, be a part of having that balanced life, that uh, life where you're living as a whole person includes bringing your spirituality with you everywhere, workplace included. Definitely. So now that we kind of talked about stress, let's move on to what we would like to work towards, and that would be a professional fulfillment. How would you define professional fulfillment? Yeah, I would define it in uh, a few ways. First would be the uh, you need to feel that you're contributing to something. So you need to feel that you're contributing each day and not just contributing to a cause you don't care about, but contributing to something that you feel is important. So everyone says, well, I don't want to be just a cog in a machine. And that's true for many people to a certain extent, but some people would be okay playing a role if it was a really important machine. But unfortunately, uh, some people are left just playing a role in some machines they don't even feel connected to, so to speak. So, now, you might be going through a day just filled, um, you know, with pressure and with rote tasks that you really aren't creatively or emotionally connected to. Um, so you start to kind of, after a while, lose your identity and lose your sense of self-worth. So the first thing I would say was uh, you need to feel a sense of contributing to something important. Also, I think you need to feel that um, you're in an environment that embraces your personality Oftentimes, people might go into work and think that they need to be someone other than who they are. So, you know, you look around and you look at actors and poets and um, all these other people in creative professions You think, oh, that's great. I wish I could be myself in the workplace like they're able to be themselves. So um, I think everyone can be uh, to different degrees. So that's the second part I would say is you need to be able to express your personality in your workplace. Um, and then the third thing I would mention would be no matter how much you like or dislike your job, there always needs to be a sense of balance. So part of that fulfillment, even if you're feeling fulfilled and you're loving it, you still need to take a step back and you have to have some flexibility to uh, give your life balance. So even if it's a job you feel you love, I mean, you need to have the freedom to um, you know, at times take an extended weekend or have some flexibility with hours so that you don't feel as if it completely owns you. So. I would say the ability to contribute to a cause, the ability to express yourself uh, creatively, and also the ability to have some flexibility when it comes to your hours. Ideally, <laughs> that, would be a really, that would be a really great professional environment. The ideal, I would say. That's, I want to work there. <laughs> yeah. That sounds great. I, I've, it sounds like there's some emotional intelligence involved with that as well with embracing your personality. I know we i've heard of like uh, contributing something is great having a sense of balance you don't hear um, um 
allowing yourself to be creative. I haven't heard that too often. So that's great that you mentioned that um, as well. As far as our faith, what part does um, you think that God plays in professional fulfillment? Well, I think that he is always steering us towards a higher sense of purpose so that when we're going into our professional environment, we're always thinking, okay, how can I make this more than just what it is on the surface? So if I'm in a customer service job, you know, I'm not just answering a call about someone's say computer glitch, you know, this might be something that affects their business or affects uh, something else they have going at home. So you kind of see how you might be contributing no matter what your job is to a higher purpose. So that sense of perspective that bringing God into your psyche and into your workplace brings you is going to not only allow you to develop in ways each day, but it's going to allow you to contribute to the lives of others as well. Uh, because when you keep that spiritual connection at the forefront of what you're doing, then it kind of takes Jesus' command from Matthew to another level where he says, you know, clothe the naked and feed the hungry and give those who are thirsty a drink and, you know, visit those who are in prison. When you do that to these people, you're doing it to me. So if we kind of bring that sort of perspective with us into a professional environment every day, I think that's really going to not only help others, but fulfill us professionally and help us to develop personally and spiritually as well. Yes, I think that's so great to see things from from God's perspective, to see um, that we are actually working for something, you know, bigger than ourselves and even bigger than our job, understanding that um, even at our jobs, God can position us on our work teams on certain projects where we can, you know, speak life into people or have opportunities to show grace and mercy to people and just grow in our faith as well. Definitely, we should, um, our projects, those people we work with, we pray about those things. We can see, we might be going through a stressful situation at work, and we pray about it, and things definitely can change. I've had uh, people I've worked with, I'm, I'm the type of person, like, I can get along with, with everyone. There was someone I was working with, for the first time in my life, like I had no idea how to deal with this person. We were in a meeting and this person was just very um, rude to me and it, it like stressed me out and I didn't, like I just didn't know what to do. Like it just seemed beyond my control. And I was like, well, that's the perfect thing to give to God. And I prayed about it and I just had to be patient and just keep working with that person and um, continue to um, just have a good quality of work and, and just uh, be patient with them and eventually one day I noticed uh, they sent me an email and they were saying what uh, a good job I did on something. And I just, I was like, what? I got a compliment from this person. <laughs> like you just have to, you, like you, like you said earlier, you can't um, separate um, your faith and, and work. Um, that's the one place where we need to definitely have it. Like we identified earlier, pretty much everyone has work stress. It's perfect area to, submit to God um, and God can use us even on our our day-to-day -day jobs like we sometimes we think um, we all have to have these big if we don't have a big ministry or if we don't if we're not out preaching somewhere or, or doing something ministry related that you know that's everywhere else we hide our Christianity if we're not serving or doing something but even on our our day-to-day -day jobs we can grow as a Christian even share just sharing Christ through our actions, through our attitudes. And that contributes, I think, to our, our fulfillment as well. Having a good attitude, um, just growing in the faith at growing in our faith at work. Yeah, those those interpersonal situations certainly are there for everyone. That's probably the thing you hear over and over and over the most from anyone you ask about their, you know, what's difficult for you at work right now is there's always, you know, people problems, no matter what workplace you're in. And it certainly takes a higher perspective to get past those somehow, uh, because there are people who are just having bad days and who we all slip at times. We all get short with people when we're under a lot of stress um, or we might not be as attentive or complimentary as we should be. And then there are other people, and I think we all recognize 
um, that sort of character. There seems to be one in every workplace where they are just, you know, out and out difficult to deal with. And they, they maybe are going through a lot of pain in their own life, um, or maybe they come from a painful place um, in their childhood or something, but they're suffering in some way. And so they go into the workday kind of with an agenda to make other people's days more difficult. And again, without that higher perspective, that kind of blows the walls off the workplace an extent, uh, to an extent, we can feel trapped and we can feel the walls closing in on us if we don't, you know, look up and let the ceiling be ripped off by a spiritual perspective sometimes. And all these people problems and heavy workloads, it can all seem to come crashing down on us until we can't breathe. So like you said, just handing, you know, that over to God and keeping in mind that he has a, a plan for where you're at and he's using it in some way and he's ultimately in control of it all including the relationships in the workplace exactly exactly and a great resource to help you balance your your spiritual life at work is your devotional book um, the lovely grind spiritual inspiration for work days i actually started browsing through some of the devotionals and they seem great. I definitely wish I would have had it when I graduated from college because <laughs> you know I graduated all, all starry-eyed thinking things were going to be um, <laughs> uh, perfect for some reason and I wouldn't have any work stress and you don't know I guess what to expect when you start and you see things happening you're like how do I deal with this? What do I, what do, I do and what do I do in these situations? But yes that book as I'm going through it now, definitely would have been um, encouraging for me um, because it does focus on the spiritual aspect of, of working as well and not just what to do professionally. So I'm curious, what was the inspiration for, for the book? What do you want to <laughs> share about it with our listeners? Well, you know, you said you could have used that when you were coming out of college, and I, I could have as well. I couldn't have written it right when I came out of college because... I had to experience a whole lot of, you know, firsthand challenges professionally and work stress before I was at a place where I thought that this is uh, something that a lot of people are going through and needs to be shared. I, you know, because after spending too many years in the same place professionally or spending too many years in a professional environment, you can tend to kind of lose focus of the rest of your life. So I was at uh, like I mentioned before, I was at a job at a technical college in various capacities. I worked there, and it was a good job. Um, it paid well. It had good benefits. It was very stable. And, you know, a lot of the people were very nice as well. But after a while, it just wasn't for me anymore. It was a little um, too much of sitting in one place and not fulfilling myself creatively. And, you know, it gave me really an opportunity once I started thinking about you know, life should be more than just this. Life has to be about more than just this. I started thinking of all the people out there who are perhaps going through the same sort of spiritual or identity crisis that I felt myself going through around age 35, perhaps. And so I started really paying attention to the different types of stress that was around me and the reasons for them on a given day. And I also started really paying attention to how a spiritual perspective uh you know, when those stressors were viewed through a spiritual lens, how that could be remedied so that life was once again, you know, something kind of mystical and magical and exciting and creative and hopeful every day instead of this grind that it can devolve into if we let it kind of a just a blur of work stress and, you know, hectic commutes and things we're not really very excited about. So I was kind of at a, a low point there myself before I was able to get to a place of higher perspective to write these things. So it all kind of comes from firsthand experience. Yeah, I'm sure it's definitely, definitely helpful. I definitely um, recommend um, everyone to, to check it out. Uh, like I said, I would have, it definitely would have benefited me as, as you go through life. Like it just seems um, that it, it can be, be very helpful to devotions. Is there a particular one that's your favorite? I think there's about, is it 90 or 60? Yes, and, yep, there's, there's 90 messages in the book. Yes. Um, so 90 messages that deal with uh, different stressors, different things that might make a uh, workday 
difficult for us. Um, and some of those things are internal and some are external. And what I mean by that, the internal things might be things that we're dealing with that we bring with us into the workplace. We're all, you know, we all have them. So for some people, maybe they're going through depression or they're going through anxiety or they're having problems with their spouse or um, with their children or something at home. You know, those are kind of the internal things that we all carry with us into the workplace. And that can make our time in the workplace difficult. There's also the kind of external things, the professional things that we then find in the workplace, things like um, maybe micromanagement or a difficult coworker or a heavy workload or just a you know boredom or a, a lack of professional fulfillment. So those 90 messages that I have in there touch on a variety of those sorts of things that might make a workday difficult for us. And it discusses these things and then also puts a spiritual spin on them to give us the perspective we need to regain balance and hope in our lives. So if you're waking up and the day is not looking, if your outlook for the day isn't as optimistic as it once was, my hope is that uh, by focusing for a few minutes on the spiritual energy and the purpose that's surrounding you each day, that you know the purpose why you're even here in the first place, that you carry that with you then into the work day. And I hope that my devotions uh, help people to do that, even if they're currently in a situation that is overly stressful or you know, not quite as fulfilling as they would like it to be. That's a great way to break it down, the uh, internal and external factors that go into that. When you receive feedback from the book, is there a particular topic that people will respond to you of, of, I guess for example like anxiety or fear is there one like oh. one that people kind of say oh this is really the thing I needed to to read about yeah the I would say from what I've heard it's going to be just a, a general blindness like a lack of professional f fulfillment kind of a tamping down of your personality so people after a while don't feel like they're unique individual you know, self spiritually or creatively or emotionally, they feel like they're just a robotic cog in some meaningless machine. You know, uh, I had one lady write to me early on, um, before these devotions were even published, I was putting some out on my website and a newsletter I have. And she wrote to me, um, and the devotion I just put out that week was about finding, you know, meaning in our life and kind of reclaiming our individuality and our hope for life because she had worked in a, a call center for, I believe it was medical insurance or medical facilities. And she said she just basically felt, you know, robotic every day and was losing kind of her enthusiasm for life. And the devotion was helping her to find the energy and perspective she needed to get through the week. And once again, you know, kind of see the purpose behind it all and the possibilities that still stood in front of her because um, she was kind of losing her focus about those things. And that really meant a lot to me early on to hear someone say how much it meant to him that because I know for a while there I found myself in similar scenarios and I think a lot of people do. So the devotions I have that are about uh Getting back in touch with your personality, I think, really resonate with a lot of people. You know, finding your inner voice again, nurturing your inner voice, remembering that you're something uh, special, both spiritually and creatively. You know, your whole identity isn't tied to whatever you're doing uh, for a paycheck right now. I think that really resonates with a lot of people because you can easily lose focus of that, especially as you become a quote unquote adult and you have all these responsibilities and you know, we become obsessed with money and it's not in a way that we're worshiping it, but just in a way it's always on our minds because, you know, it is the reality of the society we live in and we do have to provide for our families. And sometimes we have to do things we're not all that excited about in order to provide for our families. So we need to regain that perspective about, you know, that we are more than just whatever work role we're inhabiting at the, a given time. And I think that resonates with a lot of people. Yes, we all have many different um, roles that we play in life, and we definitely don't want to lose ourselves, I guess, in our jobs that would most likely start to impact 
as I'm sure you've mentioned it earlier, um, how how those things can kind of creep and uh, impact the other areas of our life. We feel like we're just kind of going through the motions of things. And I think that is a great thing to know your personality and to embrace that. Um, our personalities, they shape um, definitely how we see life and how we communicate. Um, so many things are um, based on our personality. And fortunately, um, at my at my job, my manager, he he's always giving us these little personality quizzes. Um, we do, we've done, I think it's the Jung Myers-Briggs test a few times, just to see um, how how the people on our team are different from each other, how some people are extroverts, some people are introverts, um, just the way people see, um, are they big picture, small detail, um, little things like that. And they, they, the tests also teach you how to communicate with other people, how people's uh, different personality types impact how they best receive communications and things like that. So I think doing little activities like that, even if you just have to do it yourself at work, to know how you, how you are, understand how you think. And that'll also help you understand other people as well as you're communicating. And like you said earlier, if someone does or if they're having a bad day or um, their attitude might not be as as nice or as friendly as you would would hope it would be if you understand that person you can approach them and um, just be able to gauge with them better even if they might not be as easy to work with if you can understand them you can work with them a little better so and just learning how how God learning our personality they're that God gave them, just their the I, their mentality, how they're thinking. So that's a, a great thing to do as well, I think. Yes, we're all all unique, and unfortunately, in our modern age, we sometimes are expected to all be the same. You know, these human resource manuals kind of lay out unrealistic expectations of how everyone is supposed to not be an individual at times, and I think that after a while we get so used to it because, you know, human resource office have been around uh, for so long now. And it's, it's not always, you know, these aren't always a bad thing, these guidelines and handbooks they put out. But after a while, the sorts of environments that are created sometimes tend to try to strip people of their uh, individual personalities and identities. And I think that can really uh, wear on people if those are taken too seriously. Definitely, definitely. You mentioned scripture in Matthew earlier. Are there any other um, Bible verses or passages concerning work that have been an inspiration for you? Um, well, there's a couple of quotes I have in the beginning of the book, and uh, some are spiritual and a couple aren't. But one of the quotes from scripture I have at the beginning of the book is Matthew 11:28. And it's the message translation of that verse where Jesus is asking us, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. And that kind of, I include that because it kind of is a good segue into my book in some respects because I think I'm trying to really touch the people who are feeling tired and worn out. Maybe... And by burned out on religion, I like that translation of because I think sometimes people are forgetting, you know, to do their devotions at home, their individual spiritual life, to really connect with God instead of just going through motions, saying I showed up for church for an hour, I recited some prayers, and that's enough. I'm done with that for the week. Now time to go get on with the business of living. So, you know, this my book is really trying to put the energy, the energy back in people's life um, professionally and at home and spiritually as well. So it says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. So once you really start to delve into the Gospels on your own, read those words of Jesus without any middleman. Read them for yourself. What are they saying to you? How can you bring them into your home life, bring them into your workplace? You know, how can that help you to reclaim the magic that you maybe once felt life was about, whether it was when you were a child or in college or whatever, you can get that back, but sometimes it takes a little spiritual effort to do that as we uh, get further into adult life. Yes, we definitely need to 
read God's word for ourselves. On your on your site, you mentioned some of your favorite um, uh, authors in in uh, in books. And is there a a common thread? You you do list a, a couple of different authors. Is there a common thread between those authors? Like what what um, attracted you to them? Oh, uh, I tend to. I guess I really get drawn to character driven stuff when it comes to topics. Um, so I, you know, I love good family saga sort of stuff. Um, and then also obviously good, good writing, just writing that makes, that really takes you inside the head or the motivations of people and kind of rips away, you know, the, just the surface gloss of life that oftentimes is just people trying to pretend that they are something they're not just trying to uh, be a role, play a role in a play that they think they're supposed to act out. So the, the writers who can really get um, beneath the surface of our daily interactions, I, I love that stuff. So, you know, if there's just a conversation between a husband and a wife or between um, coworkers or siblings or whatever, and people, authors that kind of strip away the the layers of what's going on there and also inject it with humor so like michael chabon who wrote wonder boys um and like jonathan franzen who wrote the corrections and freedom those guys are a couple of my favorite fiction authors uh, but you know i'm a serial reader so i read a lot of i read everything i read you know memoirs and biographies and autobiographies and true crime um, as well as fiction and then also spiritual books so you know, I, I always have to have a big stack of books on my nightstand. And if the writing and the topics are compelling, then I'll, I'll finish the book. <laughs> That's great. I, I noticed on your, your whimsical bio, and I encourage everyone to go to your site and read your, your whimsical bio. It's <laughs> a, a great read. And you, and you also talk about like stripping away layers and just getting to like, I guess, like the bare bones of communication and just understanding what people are saying. You even go as far as to call out um, nonverbal communication, which is um, very, very <laughs> important, like even in, uh, you know, work and in life in general. And I think we're, I think it's in one of the books you're working on, you're talking about um, like just life and marriage as well how has um, nonverbal communication been I guess an influence on your life and even I guess in your marriage and other areas you know well, you can so much talk really is cheap whether it's at work or between friends or between family or, or even spouses I mean when you get to a relationship like marriage and I've been uh, married it's coming up and may will be 15 years now congratulations uh, yeah, thank you. It, uh, you know, you start to realize that there's a great unspoken world that we live in. Um, so, you know, you try to say the right things, but sometimes silence is golden. And um, sometimes you really have to get a little deeper than just saying, uh, you know, what you think the other person wants to hear. And that's really how it is in all of life. You hear people pay lip service to you know, uh, relationships, but they're really kind of just going through the motions rather than uh, really listening and really getting to the heart and soul of what's at the center of the relationship. And certainly you find that out. Um, you find that out in marriage. You know, you can say just as much with a look or with something that you choose not to say or with something that you just a small act you do for the other person rather than uh, you know, just sitting and rambling on for a couple of minutes about how oh, I love you, I love you, and then you're not showing it in any way. So, you know, a lot of life really is action over talk, although I can't totally discount words because I, I, I obviously love writing. And I think that writing, that's one of the reasons I love it so much, because I think it can really um, sometimes help people to express themselves in ways that they, they can't when they're just having a conversation. Yeah, I think that was great that you called out and acknowledge both of those areas, verbal and nonverbal communication, how they how they work together and um, help us to um, communicate with others in our relationships. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So I guess on to a fun question. Not only do you have um, your devotional book, but you also have many um, short stories and other writings on your website. If you could pick one of those writings and this is again from your whimsical bio. You talk about um, perhaps 
seeing one of your writings in a movie or on, somewhere on the big screen one day, if you could pick one of those to make a movie, um, could you give us an overview of that one and who are the actors or actresses you would cast? Yes, I would be lying if I said that I hadn't already done this many years ago <laughs> uh, with basically everything I've ever written because I love movies. I'm in addition to being a serial reader, I am a movie junkie. Oh wow! You know, so I'm I'm probably watching at this point, you know, five movies a week or so. With Netflix, it's not hard. Yeah. So I love movies at home. Going to movies. Um, to answer your question, yeah, if you go to MichaelPreebyWriter.com, that's where that whimsical bio is and where uh, I do share a short story on there as well. But one of the short stories that I wrote in the last uh, several years is called Superfan's Broken Script. And that is about, um, the setting is in Wisconsin, my home state, and it's about a uh, superfan, a uh, superfan of football. If anyone knows anything about Wisconsin, a lot of people are obsessed with the Green Bay Packers and they're obsessed with football, sometimes to an unhealthy extent. <laughs> and I'm a football fan, so I have to you know, keep my balance there as well, I'll admit it. Yeah. Uh, so the Superfan's Broken Script is about a, uh, middle-aged man he's approaching you know he's maybe got a couple years left till he retires ideally he's approaching his mid-50s um, and life just isn't going um, at all how he planned it he's a he's a man who has all these plans for his life he likes to you know have things kind of following a schedule and nothing is his teenage daughter has gotten pregnant his wife has had to quit working because she's suffering from chronic work stress um, which ties into devotional, I guess, but I wrote this short story before that. And his son, he thinks, has a drug problem with marijuana. You know, he's not quite sure there because, again, he's not, he hasn't been communicating as he should be. He's kind of a hands-off guy up to this point. And then a couple years before retirement, he's on the precipice of losing his job. Um, and he, in fact, does eventually lose his job uh, because a whole younger generation is brought into his workplace. So he's going through all these changes, and on top of it all, the one thing he thought he could really count on, the Green Bay Packers, going to the Super Bowl, they get eliminated from the playoffs. Oh, no. So his, his script for life is completely broken, and he's got to find um, a new way to deal with things. So um, these situations really force him to embrace his family in a new way and to start looking at life in a different way and to start standing up for himself a bit instead of uh, just watching life go by as he thought it would without being a real, you know, player in the day-to-day goings-on of his uh, family and whatnot. So for the main character in that one, I was I was thinking Ben Stiller or Woody Harrelson, that they would they would do a great job bringing some depth to that. Um, for the, the mother in that, I was thinking either Renee Zellweger or Susan Sarandon for the the one who's a special needs school teacher who had to quit her job due to uh, chronic stress, and then for the for the person who's the the younger kind of manager that's brought in that gets this um, main character fired from his job. He's always making you know kind of crude jokes about the older generation, and he's more or less engaging in age discrimination. So he's kind of a brash, cocky kind of person and without a lot of regard for the, his elders, so to speak. And I thought either Rob Lowe or Robert Downey Jr. would do a great job with that character. Okay. That's interesting. Perhaps <laughs> one day we'll see see it on the big screen. And I'm sure there's a lot of other actors who did, you know, I'm just forgetting to mention, you know, but those are a couple that came to mind. Yeah, definitely interesting. Uh, you did mention your, your website earlier. Um, is there any other, like on social media or any other places online where you, where people could reach you? Yes, I have two websites. One is michaelprebywriter.com, and preby is P-R-I-E-B-E, so michaelprebywriter.com. And I have a blog there called Awkward Observations, and that's more, um, not that it doesn't have a spiritual focus, but I also have another website called lovelygrind.com, which has pretty much an exclusively spiritual focus. So those are my two websites, and I have blogs at each of them. And if you go to lovelygrind.com, you can sign up for mailing list there, and I put out a monthly newsletter with uh, different spiritual living blog posts and better living tips, you know, for health and 
fitness and total nutrition. And then also I'm on uh, Facebook at Michael Preview Writer and at Lovely Grind and Twitter at MS Preview and at Lovely Grind. All right. Well, as I said earlier, definitely check out his books. And so we've been talking. I'm curious. This is um, my next to last question. Um, since we've been talking about work stress and you already mentioned some things you do, such as watching movies and, um, and definitely writing. Um, do you have any favorite self-care um I guess things that you do when you feel stressed out. Yes. Yeah. That was, you know, self-care is really important. And that's really, there really is a, a major theme in my devotion to the love of the grind as well, because I think that I really, for a few years there, forgot the importance of self-care. And a lot of people think that sounds overly new agey or overly feminine, um, so a lot of guys, you know, especially a lot of young professional men, they're not going to say, oh, how am I, you know, paying attention to self-care this week? But, you know, I went through a period where it took me to a point of being almost chronically stressed uh, before I was able to really uh, realize the importance of self-care. So the things that I pay attention to now, exercise, obviously. Um, I just went for a long run before this podcast, actually, and... I also, you know, I'll lift weights, uh, but cardio really for everyone, I really feel that's one of the greatest things we can do for ourselves, whether it's a short walk or a long run, whatever it is that really uh, can take a bad day and turn it around in a good way quickly. So get outside, um, get some cardio in when you can. Also, like you mentioned, movies and books, I think it's really important to carve out time for ourselves to enjoy those things every evening, you know, as we can. I know some people, you know, maybe have five children and things are really hectic, but we can always find, you know, 15, 20 minutes before bed or, you know, then for the devotions in the morning, five or 10 minutes before the house wakes up. Um, other self-care things, if I'm going to be totally honest, <laughs> I enjoy baths. I take a lot of baths. Um, I I, <laughs> often I, do I hope that. men are taking notes on this because all this don't is good ashamed, for the guys. Man. Yeah, don't be ashamed. You know, if you you can bring a beer in there with you if you need to. <laughs> no, no glass of wine. <laughs> you know, so yeah, doesn't have to be red wine. You can bring a you know a Miller Lite in there or something. Um, so baths, I really do enjoy those as well, and I enjoy cooking. You know, I think that's a part of self care. You know, I do a lot of the cooking for myself and my wife. Uh, whether it's breakfast or dinner, or whatever it is. Um, and also, just by the way, there's a recipe on the Lovely Grind website for protein pancakes that I that is of my own creation, so I encourage people to go there and check that out as well. But all these little self-care things, you know, that's one of the things I really stress in my book is that no day is really a throwaway. You know, even if you wake up in the morning and it looks like all you've got is eight hours of stress followed by a couple of errands after that, as long as you plan a little 45 minutes in your head, you know, at nighttime, you plan yourself a little piece of happiness for the night, you know, that um, reading or bath taking or, you know, having a drink with your wife or cooking a nice meal or getting that exercise in. You always have something to look forward to then. If you have that little piece of happiness and then every day has that spiritual perspective uh, so that you know you're ultimately being cared for in a much greater way as well. So you bring the spiritual perspective and a little bit of happiness into each day and you'll be okay, even if your work environment um, is rough for you right now. Yeah, those are some, some great tips. We'll have to include a link in our show notes to the protein pancakes recipe <laughs> for everyone. And our, our show notes will be on our website, goandgrowshow.com. You can find, we'll also have a link to... Um, Michael's social media, his Facebook, so you can connect with him quickly there as well. So thank you again so much for, for joining. Um, do you have any questions for me? How's the weather right now in Florida? It is great. We I don't even <laughs> have on my heater right now, to be honest. <laughs> and, Today's an unseasonably warm day in Wisconsin, and it's you know in the high 30s, and as I was telling you before we started recording, we just went through a almost historic deep freeze stretch where the high every day was about two degrees and the lows were getting to be about negative 15. So my wife and I are hoping to go to Florida in about um, in about five or six weeks. We have some friends in Miami, so looking forward to that. 
Yeah, come on down. It's there was a cold front earlier, but I think it's going to be warming up now, so it's it's going to be nice. And by cold front to us, it's probably <laughs> like normal to you all. Our relative, relative. <laughs> It's only 60 degrees, break out the gloves and hats. Exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that cold front. Yeah, that's, that's, that's cold to us. So, yeah. Thanks again. I definitely appreciate you joining. Um, if you, um, we're definitely open to you coming back in the future as you um, release and more more writings. Um, I, this was very helpful for me. I definitely, your, your topics of... Um, professional fulfillment especially i'm talking about personality i think that that's so important and i do as an introvert like i'm always looking at like um, personality and and learning about myself and you can you definitely don't have to become a cog in the wheel at your at your job um feeling like a like just i guess like a robot clocking in clocking out there's so much more to to life than just you know punching in punching out going home and even on our jobs we can have a a vivid work life where we just are acknowledging god's presence even as we um, work on the most stressful projects we can see um grace um in the details mercy in the details of our work life so i think that's a very important conversation to have so thank you very much Thank you very much for having me. I'd love to come back someday again, and I hope that your show uh, goes well in 2018. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Gone Girl Show. Please share the episode with others. Check out our show notes at www.goandgrowshow.com, which also has more edifying resources as well. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Go and Grow Show. Please let us know what you thought. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes. Until next time, don't conform, be transformed.